Welcome to the LNT Chat Show. And today my guest is uh, Jamie Haywood. Uh, Jamie, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Well, firstly, a huge thank you for for inviting me. And it's really nice to be here. And I've I've listened to the to the to the show over the last few months and you've had some brilliant guests, some of who I'm uh, very lucky to to know. So yeah, really nice to 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 be here. So my name's Jamie. I work at Angular Ruskin University. I'm an academic developer, so I work within our learning and teaching team. I used to teach HE at an FE college where I used to manage the teacher training provision. So I've worked in education for nearly 10 years now, which is just scary to say that out loud because it has just it feels like only last week I really started. So, yeah, in my in my current role, I, I work with um, staff uh, across AIU to support educational development. So that can be through workshops, events um, and, and projects. Um, work with staff in their own academic development. So I'm involved in, in supporting fellowship applications, for example, and engaging in CPD. Um, I think one of my main passions is, is active learning, which which we've just been discussing, and, and that's how we we originally met and uh, being part of the active learning network. And I know you've had a few uh, guests on the show from uh, who are also members. And I, I love how transformative active learning can be and how, how liberating it can be and, and how having students having more ownership of their, their learning and, and, and being immersed and engaged is, is something I'm really passionate about. So um, my other passion is, is about promoting well-being as well within teaching and learning and um, and exploring ways we can embed and include strategies which can help build community and foster a supportive culture and also helping um, helping academics kind of almost bridge that gap between student support and um, and, acad and academic teams in, in that promoting well-being so it's a real kind of holistic approach um, but today, obviously, we're talking a bit about something different, which is uh, creative reflection. And and like I said, I think that's where we originally met, because I think you attended a, a workshop about it at the conference. I, I quite possibly did. Um, so obviously, uh, I'm guessing that most people will be uh, familiar with the idea of reflection, both in terms of what we are supposed to do professionally. Um, and I think also uh, there's a, an increasing emphasis now on on getting students um, to reflect so they're not just uh, sort of hopping across the the stones and not really thinking about the nature of, of of how they've moved on and certainly it's a it's a big issue around getting students to look at uh, feedback not just in terms of determining or relating to the the marks that they've got but then thinking about how they can use that to to move forward so um, just picking up on the creative side mm -hmm. um, what kind of things would you be including then in terms of creative reflection? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, maybe if I talk a little bit about kind of the background first and how this kind of topic really came up. And I, I used to teach several courses where there was a really large emphasis on, on reflection. So, so like you just said, it's a, a really important skill to have. Um, so in, in teacher training, for example, and I'm sure this is the same for, for you and, and the PG CAP, uh, students are asked to reflect on their teaching practice. Uh, maybe they have observations as part of the course and really just their journey and their kind of teaching identity is, as per se. So I also taught a, a psychology um, a, a, as part of a psychology and crime um, degree. And they were also asked to reflect as well as, as part of that on their placement, but also their research project. 
So I think it's a really common thread we find now within a lot of HE courses. I'm currently studying for my um, professional doctorate um, and a reflection is just such a crucial part of the of the course, you know, from from start to finish in this kind of journey as a researcher. So I've, I've, I find it really, really common in a lot of courses and I think it's very closely linked to this notion of um, kind of professionalism as well and, and having that sense of purpose and knowing the values that really drive your work. So reflection was so so going back to the to the courses reflection was encouraged but and, and it was also sometimes linked to assessment methods as well and sometimes students were asked to write like reflective logs or like a reflective piece or maybe even kind of keep a, a video diary but I found a lot of students really struggled with reflective writing but not only reflective writing but reflective thinking as well so actually getting into that reflective kind of mindset and rather than just describing what had happened really investigating that and, and exploring those kind of thoughts and feelings and, and taking learning from from that so that's kind of how this topic came uh, came around um and yeah maybe we, we can talk for a few of these kind of creative methods but I, I I wanted to try and help that process to try and instigate that reflection rather than just say try to reflect on this that's a, quite a difficult thing to do sometimes so some of these creative methods which we can talk about just start to to ease that process and 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 link and link that in but I'd, I'd love to know if if you have the same um thoughts said how, how do you find reflection for in you in in the courses and and the and the students you work with well in in the sort of very long time that i've been doing this i have to say reflection generally speaking has been one of the things that has been most uh, difficult to actually describe to students and get them to perform and and whilst we i don't think i've ever been involved in anything that used um a formal recording process whether that's videos journals diaries or whatever um, trying to get students to do, as you say, more than simply uh, describe, you know, I went to the park, I played on the swings kind of thing. Um, and in the past, what I've tried to do is illustrate it by um, I talked to them about, you know, my DIY skills are not too bad, but that's because I am rubbish at DIY. And by that, what I mean is, and, and a classic example this year, I, I had to make um, a, it's called an obelisk, but it's basically just a, a big pyramid shaped frame out of uh, sticks for um, uh, for my wife for her birthday um, and it's got three bands of wood around it and you can tell which was the one I did first because the bands aren't level um, and they're all just cut flat at the end so there's a there's a big gap um, at each corner piece and then you can tell the piece that I did last because I've mitered corners it's all level um, and that comes from sort of reflecting in terms of learning by doing so you you know and it's great if we can give students the opportunity to do this which is why i'm a, a big fan of of uh, formative assessment because if they can see that the idea is do something and don't don't worry too much you know part of the point almost is if you get it wrong but you then reflect on ah oh, okay yeah i should have done this or hmm, maybe if i tried that and then you get another go at it then you know there is that that sense of continual improvement but if you're actually giving that uh, analogy for students to kind of hook on to, encourage or, or uh, giving them perhaps the 
the structure or maybe even the skills that they need to be reflective has always seemed to be quite difficult. And I'm not sure why, because I'm sure that in everyday life, most people must, they must reflect on some stuff. So it's not like reflection is something that they don't do, but they seem to really struggle in an, in academic, in an academic setting, which is one of the reasons why I was, uh, you know, so interested to, to hear your, um, your thoughts and your experiences today. Yeah, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. I, I think you're, you're right. We, we all sort of naturally reflect in life, whether we're, you know, driving somewhere or, you know, in the shower and we're having thinking about things and, 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 and taking meaning from that. But you're right when, when it's maybe in a kind of traditional academic sense, it can be really hard to kind of articulate that and put it really into to words, really. So exactly like you just said this is this is kind of how this topic is really stemmed and trying to think of methods to to help that reflective process and that mindset and I, I, it's it's a John Dewey quote we we don't learn from experience we learn from reflecting on experience which is a really nice um uh yeah really 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 nice way to think about it and and again, it's really trying to help. How, how do we actually do that? And that's where these these methods come in. So yeah, maybe we can we can go through a few, and and maybe your your listeners can can uh, can join in at home if if they'd like, because uh, yeah, some of these are, are ones they can uh, um, yeah absolutely try. So I, I I broke broke these kind of creative methods into three different categories. So the first one is all around visual stimulus, and here is where you use some sort of visual element to to reflect essentially so rather than just doing a kind of you know typical writing task it would be yeah. some sort of visual stimulus. so uh, the first one i might ask would be to think about an experience you've recently had think about maybe a scenario and you've got to choose a gif to represent it so i love asking this one it's you could say you know choose a gif to represent um your last I don't know you know term or something like that and I asked this to some of my colleagues recently and um, I think we were talking about teach like kind of um, it was like teaching to large groups or, or something like that and they they chose the tumbleweed gift basically <laughs> and it was a really interesting discussion then because they then started to think about you know that that's uh, I, engagement is an area I really want to focus on and it brought a lot of those feelings and reflections up but another one is is emojis and this is one of my favorite ones to use as well and the question here would be you have to choose three emojis which represent you as a practitioner and then say why you've chosen those those three so I did this recently with some colleagues at, at ARU and the responses were just brilliant and and someone um at, at first I, I think people were a little bit unsure they're going you know what's the value of of looking for emojis you know it, it yeah. can be a little bit kind of trivial can't it but when we kind of started the 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 started to get into it and people were selecting those those ones and then we had some discussion around it it was it was some amazing reflection took place and, and someone chose a fishing boat and that represented their transition from a clinical setting to an academic setting and they were making that journey they were they were new to to he and and it, it really helped them to to bring up these amazing kind of thoughts and feelings around how they're feeling about this you know they're, they're not really on one side or the other they're kind of in the middle 
going to going to um, a, a new place. So, it, yeah, really, really amazing. Someone chose a um, uh, a fish emoji, and it was due to the proverb around you know teaching someone to to fish. Um, ah, yeah, yeah. And 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 how preparing students for employability was such a big part of their practice. And can, it was such can, a. Can sim- I just, yeah, sorry. Yeah, a, a couple of questions. Mm. Um, to they're two quite different uh, things. The, the the first one is around um, the the sort of presentation of that material. So um, it, I, I've I've seen in the past. In fact, uh, we did it with the first years this year, where we asked them, uh, we gave gave them a weekly thing of asking them how they were feeling and and to express that in a number of different ways. And what, one of those was selecting from uh, emojis. But obviously, they they're limited in a sense by whatever the platform is uh, in which the the emojis have appeared. So the, the first part is, have you ever done thought about or do you think it would make a difference if you were using something that was uh, more tactile? And I, I know people have asked, um, including myself, um, uh, students to construct things out of uh, Lego. Um, but I was at a, a conference recently where there was also a presentation of uh, the new Playmobil Pro. And one of the things we were asked to do was actually to describe ourselves by selecting three items. and and saying these these represented us. Or I, I have seen it done, and, and this comes from something that um, uh, I was first exposed to many, many years ago, where somebody just brought in a whole load of different postcards and asked us to choose one that we felt reflected something about ourselves. So that that's the first part. Do you, do you, have you tried making things more tactile? Uh, do you think that would make a difference? And the, this kind of second question um, is actually about how you do deal with slightly more negative uh, responses to things. And I'm thinking here about, from the perspective of, of getting students to do this kind of exercise, um, perhaps more so than than colleagues if we're teaching you know, PG Cert or PG Cap. Yeah, two, two really good questions. So the, the first one around tactile, it, um, using kind of tactile prompts, that's, uh, I think that there's there's real benefit in that, and and I've also used Lego as a tool for reflection as well. Um, our head of Angular Learning and Teaching, Alex Mosley, um, is is a is a, a brilliant um, person to 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 look at some of his work on 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 Lego. And and I remember when um, we we've done some reflective tasks as a, as a team before where we've had to make something using Lego and then talk about how it kind of reflects us as practitioners and actually you're right having something tactile kind of almost tangible in front of you can really really help that process I love the idea of the postcards I haven't heard of that one so I'm going to definitely add that to my to my toolkit so that well, was just what, a, just just before you move on one, one of the yeah. things I, I can also suggest because um, this is something I actually be doing with my own students this year or, or uh, on a slightly different basis. Uh, this particular person had collected, been collecting these postcards for a long time. Uh, if you are short of postcards, uh, another good one to use, there is a board game called Dixit, um, the basis of which is a, a whole series of these quite surreally illustrated cards, um, which are very much open to interpretation. And if you want a, a quick and easy uh, resource, um, then I can I can recommend Dixit as a, as a good place to go. Sorry, carry on. No, brilliant. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm going to have to look into that one. I'm, I'm making loads of loads of notes as well. But that that is this is the 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 kind of golden golden point of this this whole topic is is how those creative reflection methods, just like the postcards, like Dixit, like like kind of those those tactile methods, it can be really hard for people to 
articulate sometimes through speech or words and having these prompts and reflective methods just helps that that mindset and, and, and helps that reflective process start. So no, I'm, I'm really um, glad, glad you mentioned those. In terms of the second question you asked around kind of any negative responses, I think the first thing to point out, I, I would never want to force anybody to, to, to reflect. And I also think that it's it's quite a personal thing, reflection. People might not always want to share necessarily. So that's always something I would start with. I'd, I'd always say this is a completely optional, optional tasks to do this and you don't have to share. But I find that when people start to share, like we've just talked about with some of those examples, people really see the value in it and then mm. really buy into this as an idea and how beneficial it can be. So I haven't had any negative responses. That doesn't necessarily say that there wouldn't ever be some, because I'm sure people wouldn't really necessarily want to engage at first. But I think once, like I said, once people have seen seen how powerful these tools can be and, and how it can actually really help this process happen, then I think there's a bit more buy into it. Um, and, and like I said, you, just using those emojis before, it can be so powerful and just say such a huge amount by just selecting you know something so simple like a like a fish emoji like you'd never think something so simple like that would 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 enable such a brilliant discussion to take place so all of those can highlight feelings they can generate themes identify barriers um start problem solving and emojis also i think they're probably used nowadays as a larger form of communication i think people use emojis to represent how they're feeling so there's also maybe that kind of familiarity aspect coming in as well, which makes it a little bit easier to communicate. But other ones in terms of visual stimulus could be um, creating storyboards. It could be drawings. It could be self-portraits, collages. You, and, and you could use um, kind of, you know, cutouts and things like that. Like you said, with the postcards, you know, something like that would work quite well there. So, yeah, there's lots of different methods there. The, the second category is all around um, symbolism, which is trying to link abstract concepts to scenarios and experiences. So here I would I would say to try to think of maybe songs or films or something like that, which which <laughs> summarise kind of experiences or yeah. scenarios. So again, did this recently with some colleagues, asked to choose a film or a song to describe the last term. Someone went for the film The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, which I thought was a great, <laughs> great, great choice. And then again, we had a discussion about that and they were able to then reflect on the good moments, the maybe yeah. the more challenging moments. And again, just trying to think of kind of how can I represent that then really kind of makes that stepping stone for that deeper reflection to, to take place. And then also songs as well. So, yeah, choosing meaningful songs, which maybe represent um, what, kind of how you're feeling. So, again, it had some amazing and um, I'll try and find some examples. Well, and as you're saying it, I'm, I'm wondering now if uh, this was one of the things that was presented at the Action Learning Network, um, because it's only this year. Um, and again, I was trying to cram loads into this um, this new uh, first year block module. That was what I was doing. Those those weekly reflections, each one changed. So the first one was just an emoji. And as it went on, um, I asked them to use GIFs um, and then song titles and then movies. Because, again, I think, uh, number one, you're right that, that certainly with the, the younger people that I, I deal with, and they, they do tend to predominantly be younger, their sort of daily experiences, perhaps with more 
popular cultural items. And in fact, actually, since you mentioned it, one of the other things that I noticed during the pandemic when we were remote teaching, uh, because we were using Collaborate or Teams or whatever, so you had a chat bar open and people did have the option of actually putting emojis in. Um, and because that is you know, potentially more intuitive to the audience, they were actually adding emojis and, and that seemed to almost engage them a bit more as well. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can see how this would be beneficial both in terms of their uh, familiarity with um, those kind of visual ideas, but but also then, you know, as you've said, the, the power potentially of getting them to see what reflection involves by by giving them something to help them reflect. Exactly, exactly. It's almost like giving someone a tool to then help them do something so it's 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 giving them some prompts or some you know something some sort of activity or task which just just helps that structure and that that process to to happen so yeah you're absolutely right so yeah with some songs i've just found a couple of examples so someone chose um don't don't stop me now as uh, by by um i think it's queen isn't it as as a song yeah. and, and that represented how they were feeling around feeling very kind of passionate and and very committed and and they'd they'd had again some challenges along the way but but they were feeling um kind of resilient and 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 again that that brought up some really nice feelings so it's it's a really interesting interesting task and and like i said has some really good discussions as a result and then the final category so the last ones here are all around um reflective models and these are, and, and, and some of these I'm, I'm sure you use and, and your listeners will, will have come across and used before, but they, um, this, this is helping to look at scenarios and experience from different perspectives in a, in a structured framework. So the three that I, I like is, is the first one is this mirror microscope and binoculars model by Cooper. And these are, it's, it's essentially three stages. So you have the mirror stage, which is you ask yourself around what you've learned about yourselves and your own values. So you're you know, looking at yourself in the mirror, essentially. The second stage is the microscope, microscope stage where you're making the small experience larger. So you're kind of looking at it in a bit more detail. What have you really learned from this experience? What have you learned in, your, in, in the group? How do you feel your actions have had a, a, almost a wider impact as well? So you're making that those small experiences larger. And then, the, and then the next one is the binoculars, which as you can imagine, is looking into the to the to the future. So what did you learn as a whole? What how how am I going to take this learning looking forward? Um what what changes might I make in the future? So again, it's quite a, a straightforward kind of three-step model, but allows for that kind of structure to take place and those those prompts. The next one is is Brookfield. I'm sure you've come across this one before the four lenses theories with your you're looking at different um lenses to refute to to reflect on your practice. So the first one is is um, self. So you're looking at your own perspective as as a practitioner. The next one is you look at it, the, the situation through your your students, through the eyes of your students. So you're almost placing yourself in their shoes and, and, and thinking about what would they be looking at from this situation. The next one is peers. So you're looking at it from your colleagues experiences. If, if maybe a colleague was in the room, what would they think about the situation? And then the final one is a scholarship lens as well, which is looking at what would theory or research necessarily say on this particular thing. So the final one is the um, is the blob tree and it's by Wilson. And I'll put uh, I, I can send a link for this for the episode description. And um, 
Have you come across this one before, Roger? I, I haven't. I haven't. No. And in fact, it links to all of those things for the episode description uh, would be mightily useful. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, they're really nice, nice models to use. And and like I said, I like how they uh, just ha have that structure. So it's a little bit easier. It seems a little bit less daunting than reflection if you have a have a, a framework to, to use for it. So the blob tree is essentially a tool which helps and encourages students to state where they see themselves and what they're aiming to as well. So it's basically it's a, it's a, an image. It's a, it's a tree and it has all these blob characters on and around the tree so you, it, it's quite difficult to explain it's easier if you if you have a um, a look at it but there's loads of different blob characters all around so some some are, are appear confident and some are quite happy and some are maybe a little bit less content some are giving support uh, others are in pairs or groups some are alone and isolated and what what this essentially um what 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 you could do for this is is you'd say think about kind of starting your course what 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 blob would you have been and why and mm. then you could say think about the present day what blob are you currently and and you could also say if someone else was looking at your situation what blob would they choose for you and then you could say think about a year's time what blob would you like to be and and why and how could you actually get to that stage as well and the reason for using blobs instead of, you know, words, if I just kind of asked you those type of questions, is is like we've kind of been saying, it's just easier to have that visual representation, that prompt to aid reflection and, and helps those who struggle to articulate, like we said earlier, around those thoughts and feelings. So, yeah, that's that's a really kind of um, whistle stop tour of, of some of those categories and methods. And I can talk very briefly about um, kind of maybe some of the reasons why creative reflection is is I mean we've kind of been talking about it throughout but how how that that links to active learning as well, well um, one one yeah. of the just just before we move on one of the things mm. that I'm I'm wondering about is the response that you you you've had then you know have have there been positives have have people identified negatives I'm I'm always concerned whenever I know I know you said earlier you know you never make anyone actually participate if they would prefer not to but I'm always concerned that for some students, um, that idea of particularly reflecting on themselves and where they are might end up being quite a negative thing because they can often be, you know, quite down on themselves. I, you know, I, I'm not understanding this. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm. And I'm, I'm number one, I would be concerned about that. But you know, from your experience, has it generally been that students actually when they get to it? maybe feel better or happier because they've they've got a, a you know a better handle on reflection is or does it sometimes raise issues that you've then had to deal with yeah yeah another really good question i i would always frame it initially as reflection is an opportunity to it it's a it's a positive thing which which helps development moving forward so even if there are negative experiences it's, it's good to reflect on these to then learn from them and then so we can look at you know how we might adapt or adjust in the future so i think if there are any um maybe kind of challenging thoughts or feelings come up then it's a really good learning opportunity to think about how we might do things differently in the future which can really really help that so i i haven't come across kind of any too too much because i I think it's a good opportunity to to kind of learn from this and 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 it usually helps 
thinking about it and articulating it and you know they they kind of say the um kind of sharing it with with other people and putting kind of your your thoughts into um into into writing or or or, or bringing them to the forefront of your mind can can be can be really beneficial but but that i i think that could come up at times maybe and again if you just try to frame it as um it's it's seen as a developmental kind of constructive process okay and and in terms of uh, obviously you've, you've given some really good practical examples there so i'm, I'm hoping that uh, some people will either go and 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 sort of read more about that or maybe be encouraged to actually apply them themselves is there a is there a, a a next step as far as you're concerned or is there advice that you would give to people if they were thinking about using those techniques yeah that that's a a, a good question I, I think all these methods are quite easy to, to try out i don't think they involve too much planning or, or kind of overthinking and they don't have to take very long uh, they can have really really profound effects as we've we've discussed today but I would say see what works for you as 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 a you know as a practitioner and what works for your students and and, and what, how they react to, to trying things like this and, and maybe it wouldn't work for all types of groups and students but there's lots of different variety here uh, we, we talked about some of the visual stimulus for example it doesn't have to be emojis or gifs it could be drawings or you know videos or, or there's there's lots of different methods here so I think my my best advice would be to to try a few out and see what works but also give choice as well and and it's I think in an ideal world where we you know not not kind of re reflection can be um and the good thing about reflection is it empowers people to think about and take ownership of their own learning and actually having the 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 choice and the autonomy to choose how they reflect is is essential and, and part of that so i would always think about it as almost you you have this kind of catalog of ideas and activities which can help the process and maybe students can then decide which way or method would would help their own reflective journey to take place so rather and than saying you have to do an emoji story or any you know say th these are all ideas what what do you think would work best for you and, and there tends to be people have their own preferences then okay and and in relation to action learning i, I didn't want to uh, completely skip over the point mm. yeah yeah I, like i said I, I think it's a really big part of the active learning process and it and it, it, it helps helps people move away from that passive learning experience to an active one because like i said they are they are taking ownership of their own learning then they're thinking about their own thoughts and feelings and they're they're, they're taking ownership of their own practice and it helps to not not just again like receive that information but but by actually thinking about experiences and then generating meaning from them that helps to bring about new knowledge and new understanding and 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 build on skills so reflection is such a integral part of the active learning process because it, it links in to completely the whole kind of philosophy of it um so I think it it it's it, it they they tie in really really nicely together and 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 cr these creative methods are that they they are designed to stimulate and structure thoughts and and promote that reflective mindset and in turn that complements active learning really well. Okay, uh, that's absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, whilst I have uh, I think used some of the techniques and as I said 
possibly because I saw them at the Active Learning Network. Um, some of the other things that you've mentioned are definitely things that um, uh, I'd like to try out. I'm very, very keen on the, the sort of visual and, and tactile side of what we do. So thank you so much for your time today, Jamie. That was, that was absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. Thank you very much.